Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. You, you probably know if you've been around uh, Arena long enough, you probably know our vision statement is that people will know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. That's what we want to see happen. And so everything we do is really, the, the, the success of what we do is measured around those four things. Knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose and making a difference. And so if we look on, on know God, you know, we, we measure that through a few things. We measure that through attendances on a Sunday, uh, attendances at um, youth on a Friday, uh, decisions to follow Jesus, people, you know, deciding to follow Jesus, baptisms as well. And you know that in Mansfield, we saw those statistics up there, but in Mansfield, we've seen 14% increase in attendance over 2016 to 2017. How amazing is that? When you look at the, what we were doing is a year ago, we were meeting on Sunday evenings. Now, you remember, we used to have a whole lot of people coming through from Ilkeston. So in a sense, there was a lot of, you know, we were averaging about 70-ish um, and maybe 20 of those people were people coming through from Ilkeston, 20 to 30. And so we made the bold step in, in, in March or Easter time, March, April, of moving to, to, to morning services, thinking, oh, no, God, what is going to happen? If we're going to lose those people, we're going to drop to maybe 40 people on a Sunday. It's going to feel a little empty. It's going to feel a little bit scary. But you know what? We're standing here a year later and we're celebrating the fact that we've seen growth. Those people don't come as we do still have some of the worship guys coming, which is great, and we appreciate that. But mostly the people who were coming through aren't coming through anymore, but we've still seen growth. It's something to be celebrated, that 14% growth. So where we were averaging 72, we're averaging 82. And we're believing that things are going to increase even more from there. You know, we've seen 100 uh, first-time decisions, 20 baptisms across both campuses, which is something to be celebrated. But we're hungry for more. You know, we're hungry to see God do more, and, se- and we're hungry to see more people commit their lives to Jesus. Um, I love the fact that 492 guests over both campuses came through our doors over the Christmas period. How amazing is that? You know, that's something to celebrate, because although all of those people didn't come back, those are people that came through that heard the gospel preached, that heard about Jesus and his importance at Christmas time. I know three of those were, were guests from, from my work, uh, and I know you guys made an amazing impact on them. They just, they just loved it. And you know what? They are going to be back, and they're not here, and they're not regular yet, but they are going to be back. And I know there's so many stories for your guests that were brought through at Christmas time, and I just love the fact that, um, that we had so many people coming through Kids' church, you know, great things happening in kids' church. We're, we're now at a point where, you know, Olivia and her team are, are running kids' church um, at the same time on a Sunday morning as we're having it down there in Ilkeston. There's been a multiplication of leaders, and, and you know, my kids are in, in kids' church every week, and I know it's great uh, because I'm a witness of that. Universal has seen some amazing growth. You know, across both campuses, 60% growth. I believe a few weeks ago we had a record attendance on a Friday evening uh, of 28 kids in our youth group here in Mansfield. That's something to be celebrated. From, from, from 18 months ago, nothing at all. And, you know, we probably don't celebrate enough just the faithfulness and the dedication of our youth leaders on a Friday night. You know, Nathan and Joe are sitting here at the front, but there's Jared and Sam and, and Patrick as well. And, 
and, and others that help out. And, you know, we celebrate the fact that that, that happens on a Friday night, that kids are, are getting to know about Jesus. And last week they had their first youth alpha on a youth alpha course on a Sunday morning where they're just encouraging kids to be a part of the, the bigger church on, on a Sunday morning as well. And, and so just amazing things starting to happen. Finding freedom, you know, we, we measure that. What we believe is the, the biggest way to, to finding freedom is for you to be a part of smaller groups, not just Sunday morning, but to be a part of small groups because there's a power in a small group when you get to meet with just a few people and you can have a little bit more of open discussions, you can, you can pray for each other and, and you can really dig in to the word of God together. And so, you know, small groups, 133% increase in small groups over both campuses. We've gone from nine groups over both campuses to now 21 uh, in the last year. And, you know, Paul Stokes has been a massive part of that. We love Paul, and he's been driving that forward across both campuses. We've seen new groups here, and we're believing that there's going to be even more groups, that we'll all be able to be plugged in uh, to small groups. Can I encourage you if you're not a part of that? Or maybe you feel in your heart even that you are, are to lead a group. You know, we need people to come on board, leading groups, to, to see groups multiplied, and, and, and for you to be a part of it. Who's, who's ever been or historically or is currently part of a small group and has, has experienced the blessings of it? Yeah, so many of us have. You know, I've, I know that um, some of the relationships in our last church that we built, some of the closest ones were ones that we had in small group with us. And so I would just, you know, stress the importance of this. We've also seen people discovering their purpose. Um, Over both campuses, 92 people have been through our growth track, which is is not just a number. You see, that's that's an opportunity for people to to get into a little bit more depth, discover your spiritual gifts, what your gifts and talents are, and how you can use it for God's glory. And in Mansfield, we've had 33 people being a part of growth track over, over 2017. Our first ever growth tracks that we've done here in Mansfield, which I think is amazing. Uh, because we've all been going through Tilkiston to do it. But, you know, increasingly we're seeing us standing on our own two feet. We're doing it here. You know, we've seen that over Christmas as well. Um, you know, we're doing Christmas services here. We, we're going to stand on our own two feet, not going to be always reliant, and we're going to see church grow here in Mansfield too. So we've got just recently started leadership track. I, I guess that's more 2018, but we'll celebrate it anyway. But we saw 50 people coming to our first leadership track, which is really a step on from growth track, where we just encourage you to become leaders and to grow your leadership gifting. And all of us, in some way or another, are leaders, yeah? In our workplace, in our family. I'm a leader, even if I wasn't standing up here, I'm a leader to my kids. You're you're leaders to your families and your workplaces, wherever you may be. Discovering purpose, also making a difference. You know that Across both campuses, 238 adults are actively serving in the church and using their gifts. Over 80 volunteers in the community, serving over 5,000 people across both campuses. And you may be saying a lot of that's in Ilkeston. Yes, it is, but it's increasing all the time here in Mansfield. You know, can I just say in community, 
Um, we could tell you stories. Louise is just doing a fantastic job. Leslie as well. And, and we've seen Care for a Coffee, which a year ago, there were a few people coming in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning. Um, it was, you know, quite sparse, but, you know, people were coming and, and, and they've just pressed into it, continued and continued. And now, on a Tuesday, Wednesday mornings, we, we have, you know, 20 people, sometimes as up as 30 people coming through, just coming for a coffee, for a tea, hanging out and playing table tennis. I was here during the week um, and it was quite a buzz. I was, if I didn't have to go back to work, I probably would have picked up a table tennis bat myself, but it looked quite competitive. Um, just, just hanging out in church. How many of you know that's what church should be? Yeah. It's not about just sitting in chairs on a Sunday morning and, and, and that's great. We love that. But church, this should be a community center. That's what I believe Jesus would have a church to be, where the doors are open, people are coming in, people are finding friendships. We're not shoving Jesus down their throat all the time. But you, you, you know what? We're never missing an opportunity to speak the truth when we get that. But we're just loving people and seeing people um, here in church being a part of community. And, and you know, again, 2018, I'm, I'm already getting excited for that. But, you know, increasingly so, we're going to see this building open more often, more things happening in the building. We don't want shut doors and then just opening on a Sunday. We want to see this building used throughout the week. And so that starting soon, in fact, I think it's February, February, March, I think if it's, yeah, it's anytime now. I should know the dates. We're opening a well-being sanctuary as well. And, and so Louise is heading that up where it's a partnership with the Mansfield District Council, um, where it's just an opportunity on a Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon for people who just need for any reason to drop in and need, need an ear to hear, maybe need counseling, whatever. Um, there's going to be people here from the council as well, uh, helping people as well as our people and it's just going to be an opportunity to, to reach out into our community uh, because there's so many lost and broken people. Uh, and so there are exciting things that have happened and there are exciting things to come. In terms of finance, you know, that the community, community side of our church invested £220,000 in making a difference through feeding, food parcels, housing, meeting points, furniture, uh, listening ear, education, training. How amazing is that? You know, I, I want to be, and I'm so glad that I'm a part of a church, that we're not just looking inward. We're not just um, funding our own little events here within the church, but we're, we're, we're blessing the wider community. And increasingly here in Mansfield, I'm believing that this is going to be happening more and more. You know, we had um, hundreds of people out in red T-shirts, um, just, just on our serve day in Mansfield and Ilkeston, just out there sharing the love of Jesus, practically serving our community uh, as well, making a difference. And our church giving was up by 12% too. So you guys are faithfully sowing into the kingdom of God. Now, I know not everyone's statistics people. Um, I love statistics. Uh, so if you're bored by statistics, apologies. But the summary is... God is doing great things. 
And sometimes when it's little increases, we don't see it all the time. But let me tell you, when you measure a year on year, God is doing great things. That 10, 12% growth is amazing growth. That if you start to compound that, ask anyone who's an investor who invests money, 12% growth, start to compound that. Wow, that starts to increase, increase all the time. And so you know what? 12% is something to be excited about. And this is your church. You've done this. We've done it together. Yeah? Now, thank you for bearing with me on this. If you're new here today, we do this once a year. And so we don't really apologize for it because it's good to celebrate. But we don't pat ourselves on the back uh, every, every week. And this isn't patting ourselves on the back. This is praising God who's done amazing things through us. Uh, because he's the one that brings the increase. He's the one uh, that does the amazing things. And so what's next? Well, you know, we are believing that in the upcoming years and, and, uh, and, and in, into 2018, that we are going to see so much more. You know, we want to press into a new level of, of just loving each other, of welcoming people here. If you're a guest here today, we, we, you know, we want to especially welcome you. But whether you're a guest or not, we just want to love people. We want to develop that community uh, here in our church. You know, we have this audacious goal, and, and Christian had mentioned this, and it seems almost unreachable. But um, we believe in for Ilkeston and Mansfield that we can, that we can have 1% of the town gather together in church. It seems like a small amount, but, you know, for Mansfield, that's a thousand people. We're not maybe going to get it next week, but 1%, can, can we not believe for 1%? They're almost there in Ilkeston. I think it's 30,000, um, you know, people, however many it is. And so, you know, 300 is 1%. But can we not believe in Mansfield as a bigger town that we can b- gather a bigger crowd? Even 1%, that's not taken away from what other churches there's a 99% for them. You know, we want to join together and make an impact. And could we believe audaciously enough that we could touch the lives of 10%? So, you know, they're touching, we're touching 5,000 across Mansfield and Ilkeston. I don't mean coming on a Sunday, but just reaching out into the community through the different things we do. Food banks, you know, through, through charity shops, through, um, you know, drop, drop-ins like we've spoken about, care for a coffee our well-being center. You know, we need to aim at significant amounts of change in our community. You know, you, you would have seen if you've been out the back as well, there's some changes afoot in terms of infrastructure here in, in 2018, which we are excited about. Um, we, we have in the back rooms renovated. You see the bricks have been knocked out. The windows are in. And so we're going to have kids' rooms through the back here uh, by April because it needs to be by the end of the tax year. So God has blessed us with a grant from the council. Um, we don't focus on buildings, but buildings are needed for us to reach uh, you know, people. And, and kids is a part of that. It's not ideal where they're meeting at the moment. So we get in the, kid, the, the kids' rooms in the back here, and it's going to really revolutionize what the, the kids' church and the youth guys do um, as well, uh, having that extra space. But as a, as a, as a collective both Arena, Ilkeston, and Mansfield, can I say we're not getting complacent. We're not getting complacent. In our heart and in our vision is to plant again. 
You see, in Mansfield, we probably got used to the fact that Ilkeston was first and then we were planted and we were established here, or, you know, repurposed, I suppose you could say it. But we're not, this is not where it ends. We're believing that there's more to come, that the M1 corridor, there will be multiple lights spread across here, that we will see other campuses planted. So don't get too comfortable in your chairs. Yeah? It's scary to, to leave the comfort zone and step out. But we believe that God told us to go. Go. You know, a big part of our purpose is to go, to grow, to love and serve the community. And so we believe in that there will be new, new plants ahead. In April, you know, in terms of vision, in April and into May, we're going to have the opportunity to, um, to just share a more comprehensive vision of what we believe, calling it Arena 2020, the next three years of what we believe is going to be in the vision uh, God has for Arena. And we're going to get into that in a little bit more detail. It's exciting. Because we never want to just sit back and be complacent. We always want to push on. And so there'll be four visionary areas of where we believe in we can uh, spread our influence locally, nationally, and even globally, believing that God is going to use Arena Church. And so there is more to come. And, you know, we've had opportunities, and maybe this is for, for one of you out there, but we've just heard of, you know, increased opportunities. For, 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 for groups to start, mothers and tots groups, that we've, you've got the space here. Can we not reach into you know, those, those groups that, that need to hear from God, to need an influence? And so, so many opportunities. It is exciting um, what God has in plan for Arena Church. Are you guys still awake? Yeah? Good. Well, listen, if you've come here to just not, not to hear necessarily all about Arena, but you hear to hear from God and hear from His Word. Well, I just want to share a little bit here today um, from a passage that um, just really actually impacted me this week. And you, you may know this passage well, but it's, it's in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. And I'm, I'm actually reading from the New King James Version. It should be up on your screen. It says this, Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the topic I just want to touch into this morning is the topic of endurance. Endurance. My first sporting hero was a guy that you probably have never heard of. A guy called Bruce Fordyce. Not Bruce Forsyth. Bruce Fordyce. Who's heard of Bruce Fordyce? Yes, we've got South Africans in the house. You guys representing there. Bruce Fordyce. Now... I grew up in, in a place called Peter Maritzburg, amongst other places, but at this time of my life in Peter Maritzburg in, in South Africa, and there's a race called the Comrades Marathon. The Comrades Marathon is the world's first and largest ultramarathon. So ultramarathon is in, it's 56 miles long, 89 kilometers long. 
Um, so more than a, a, just a normal marathon, an ultramarathon. And 20,000 people every year participate in this, and it, the whole community stops. Uh, it's a massive event. And, and growing up as a kid, um, Bruce Fordyce won the Comrades Marathon nine years in a row. So from 1981 through 1990, missing only one year, 1989, he won eight in a row and then one more. And he was my hero. I loved it because I would watch that marathon from, they, they started at like six in the morning and, and oftentimes every second year, because they, they changed direction, the, the finish line was just coming right through our neighborhood, a few streets away from where we lived. And so I would watch every year and, 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 and Bruce Fordyce would be nowhere. He would be in the pack. And in fact, sometimes we would used to worry because he was nowhere to be seen. It would be halfway through the race, two-thirds of the race, three-quarters of the race. Where's Bruce Fordyce? This is the year that he's going to fall down. And then he would come through. The thing with him is that he had endurance. And every time there was a, there was a big hill um, close to the end of this marathon, the comrades called Polly Shorts. Uh, don't ask why, I don't know. But Polly Shorts was this hill's name. And, and every time Bruce Fordyce would come and, and the other guys would be like 80 kilometers into running, and they would just get to this hill and they would have to walk. And, and Bruce Fordyce never, never walked, never walked. He would just go up this hill. I think it was like a three-kilometer three hill. And he would just push through. He would just push through. Bruce Fordyce had endurance. And so my, my massive hero as I was growing up. Um, and you know what? Endurance is something that, um, that we need to have not only for marathon running, but we have to have endurance for our lives too. You know, you may be studying. You need endurance to finish school. Maybe you've gone to university. You need to have endurance to finish your uni or college or whatever you're doing. In your work life, if you don't have endurance, you're not going to be able to push through. In our marriages, we need endurance. In church, we need to have endurance. Endurance is so important. And Hebrews 12 is a wonderful, um, these two verses are wonderful verses. They come off the back of this amazing chapter, um, Hebrews 11, where we read about some of the heroes of the faith. We probably know that verse, faith has been sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see, Hebrews 11.1. 1. And then it goes into all the stories of faith. By faith, Noah built an ark when there was no sign of rain and he did it by faith. Abraham, by faith, gave up his, his homeland and moved when God said he didn't know where he was going, but he went anyway. Moses, you know, by faith, gave up the life that he had as a prince in Egypt to, to identify with his people and eventually lead them out of slavery. It talks about Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, amongst others. People that accomplished great things for God. Sometimes they saw the miraculous, and it talks about that. But sometimes they didn't see the miraculous. Some suffered greatly for the cause. Heroes of our faith. And it's so after that chapter that we come to Hebrews 12, verse 1, which says those words that we read. Therefore, so because of, of all these things that have been done in the past, because of all these heroes of faith... We also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses cheering us on, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, it's a word for us today. I believe that we need to have endurance if we are to accomplish everything that God wants us to accomplish here in Mansfield, but in your individual lives too. You see, it's exciting to start with. It's really exciting. In fact, you know, when we're going from evenings to mornings, it's exciting. It's something new. Yay! Let's go for it. And then then the reality kicks in and sometimes it, it can be just become normal. But we need to have endurance. Endurance talks about consistency, steadiness, sustainability, determination, stamina. Love that word, stamina. God's been speaking to me about that word um, recently as well. Now it's easy to say, isn't it? You're probably looking at me and saying, Stephen, it's easy for you to say you don't know what I'm going through. Well, the writer of Hebrews gives us some help on how we can have this endurance. If you've got your Bible or maybe put the words up on the screen if we've got it. It says this, it says, Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles or ensnares us. You see, it, it, it's talking there of weights, and then it's talking about sin. It's implying that some of the weights that we carry aren't even sin. Yeah? Some of the things that are holding us back from enduring, from, from pressing on, aren't even sin. They're just things that hold us back. You know, for Bruce Fordyce, the marathon runner, he, he would wear as little as possible, um, if, if you, I can say that. You know, he's just wearing his running shorts. He's just wearing his vest. Um, he just tries to let go of all the weights. He doesn't carry a water bottle with him. In fact, if you watch marathon runners, they'll, they'll grab the water, they'll drink it, they'll t- toss it aside. L- toss aside every weight that would prevent you from enduring, enduring. You see... I think in this sense, all of us have things that we need to just sometimes push aside. All of us have weights that will weigh us down from getting to where God wants us to be. They're not even bad things, but sometimes we just need to keep our focus and push things aside, shed those weights to be able to persevere and push on and to have that endurance. It talks about about the sin factor as well, the sin that so easily trips us up. Again, the illustration of a marathon runner. You know, maybe you're thinking, maybe Mo Farah is somebody you can identify with a bit more when he's running his 10,000 meters and and there's that bunch of of runners, you know, how easy it is to trip over other feet and and fall down. And if you fall down, you'll, you'll struggle to get back up and keep again, keep up with the front runners. So sin so easily trips us up that we fall and and I believe that's something we need to think about as well it's not a popular topic is it talking about sin and my intention is not to to dwell on that for too long but some of us have things that aren't sin that we need to toss aside some of us have things that are sin that are tripping us up and preventing us from getting to where God wants us to be here's the thing we sang about a good good father When he calls sin, sin, it's not because he he wants to restrict us in any way. It's because he wants wants the best for us. 
And these things can often be the very things that trip us up and prevent us from living in the fullness of God. We can think of just one thing off the top of my head. Unforgiveness. Why does God say we shouldn't hold on to unforgiveness? We should forgive. Because holding on to unforgiveness will, will trip us up. It'll prevent us from, from enduring. Laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily trips us up. But I want to look at verse 2 very quickly, and I'm not far from finishing here. It says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus. You see, the thing with endurance, and I've certainly never run an ultra marathon, but I've run from the car to the church. No, I've run, I've run longer distances than that. And the thing with endurance is that if you concentrate on the burning in your legs or the burning in your lungs and your circumstances, it can make it so much harder to endure. But if you focus on the end, the prize, why am I doing this? If we focus on Jesus, it can help us to endure. You know, whatever it may be, jobs, kids, church, all of these things can, can, can be things we need to endure. Keeping our eyes on Jesus can be a strength to us. You see, when we're doing God's will and we're living for Him, it's easy to complain. It's easy to say, I just can't keep on going. You know, after the things Robert has said about me, I'm just using an example, by the way. If after the things Robert has said, for, said about me, I, I just can't go on anymore. God, he's discouraged me so much. Or, or maybe, God, Nathan let me down. I'm just going to give it up. Whatever it may be, we can look at our circumstances and think, oh, I'm just not going on. But can we just for a moment cast our eyes to Jesus? What did Jesus do for you? Let me tell you, what you're doing for him is nowhere close to what he's done for you. Jesus started out by taking a beating for you. You know, whipped on the back, those stripes on his back. Pieces of bone, taking out flesh even. It's gruesome, but it's real. Jesus had a a crown of thorns pressed into his skull. He was humiliated. Then he had to carry that cross, that heavy cross, up the streets to be crucified. And then he couldn't endure it anymore. His, 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 his physical strength was, was sapped. Eventually he got up onto that hill and, and they, they nailed him to the cross. You know, put the cross up with a sign on the top, humiliation, unclothed, hanging there, humiliated for you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 
That'll help you have endurance. When he asks you to do something, you're not sure if you can do it. When you get discouraged, when you feel like giving up, fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who who went through all that pain because of the joy of what was presented before him, because of the joy of what he was going to achieve through that death on the cross. Let me tell you, when you're tempted to give up, this man here is tempted to give up sometime. Just because I'm a pastor up on the stage, it doesn't mean I don't have my moments. But I love this verse because I say, look, look, look to Jesus. Just for a moment. Look to your Savior who's done everything for you. Who's paid the ultimate price for you. And, and here's the thing, even if it was only you, there's a lot of us, even if it was only you, he still would have done that. And so any sacrifice we have to make, when the muscles are burning, when the lungs are burning, when we think the hill is too steep, I cannot go on, cast your eyes to Jesus and remember what he has done for you. You see, there's one one day there was a joy laid before him, the joy of, of being in, of conquering death and and being again with his Father in heaven. You know, there's a joy that's before us as well. If you're a Christian here today, there's a joy that awaits at the end. It's not a gold medal like Bruce Fordyce got, but it's something much better. That one day when you get to heaven, that God is going to be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That he would be able to say, I'm well pleased with you, Adam, Claire, whoever it may be. You see, here's the thing. In your life, you need endurance to achieve what God has called you to do. But as collective here today, I want to say at Arena Mansfield, Ilkeston, wherever you may be, we need to have endurance. We need to press through. We need to focus on these things that we've spoken about this morning. We need to have endurance. And I believe that as we, as we do so, we're going to see great things happen. We're going to lay aside every weight. You know, God, I'm not going to share vulnerably uh, but there's things in my life that God's spoken to me, even preparing this message. Stephen, you need to push those aside. They're not sinful, but they're just things that clutter my life and are pulling me back from having endurance to reach where God wants me to reach. Sometimes there's sins that so easily entangle us that we just have to say, God, with your strength, I'm going to kick this thing. I'm going to kick it, Lord. I'm not going to take it anymore. The enemy means it for destruction. God, with your strength, I'm going to push it aside. It's not going to trip me up. And Jesus, let me never forget what you have done for me. Let me never forget the pain that you endured for me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And let me tell you, there's great things to come. I don't want to depress you today. I just want to be real. 
there are great things to come. It will not happen without a struggle. Because you don't win a marathon without training. But there are great things to come if we endure, if we push on, and we persevere.